listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the new home of the Seattle Supersonics, where I, for one, am happy that it is the month of September and not 100 degrees. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from... Piedmont, Oklahoma, where had a amazing time, question mark, at the Oklahoma State Fair with older daughter, and it's the younger da- younger daughter's birthday tomorrow. I'm Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. I guess I guess we're good. So just wrap it there. You, you want to hear the. Uh, the story? Bro, I was born to hear this fair story. I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to sit back and grab some popcorn. So, you know, it's uh, it was Saturday, which for me is a work day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tell my daughter she wants to go to the fair. I'm like, all right, if I make it, if I make a sale, we'll go to the fair. So I go... I only have one appointment. Make a big sale. Take her to the fair. And we're just walking around. You know, we just scouted out where the pig races are going to be in half an hour. And walking down by the concession stands. And I look at my phone and see a missed call. And a text message saying, We cancel from the sale that I just made. A couple hours before. So then I'm trying to like, you know, communicate with them. They're not answering the phone. Communicate with my boss. He's not answering the phone. All the while I'm at the fair trying not to just be on my phone the whole time. So, you know, not great. Uh, And they, they did end up canceling. So it was not great, but... Uh, but the fair, uh, pig races, there's f- some fast pigs, uh, lots of pig, lots of pig puns. 
<laughs> so we still haven't learned our lesson. We're not going to get into any stories. We're just going to do our thing. This is, I think this is why our listenership has never really grown. This yeah. right into our, our normal thing. Initiation. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I'll tell you what the highlight was. I don't. Did, have you gone to the fair this year? Uh, not this year, no. If you go, okay, I do recommend the Wild West show. Okay. So, how do you ride a horse standing on top of it? This is, you know, this is impressive to see. Oh yeah, this is we yeah. As far as and, like horses and like actual cowboy. Um, talent, we're 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 in we're right in there. I mean, there's very few places that can compete. I mean, obviously, Texas, some places in Tennessee, but yeah, this is this is like our thing. Yeah, there there. I think was one guy that's actually from Oklahoma, but it's a whole show that travels around, so it's okay. people from all over. But yeah, some some gal riding two horses at the same time, standing up with one foot on each horse. It's like. And Man, then it sounds like, like it sounds like the the opening sequence to the World's Fair, nineteen thirty five. So then, is she then wearing like, like was she wearing like some like sequined dress and ah, uh, kind of. Yeah. Well, there there a different one was wearing more of the sequin dress thing, but yeah, some impressive horse riding stuff for sure. And then you know, dangle with like one foot in the saddle and scrape your head on the ground type deal or the guy jump down out of the saddle hit the ground bounce back up into the saddle it was yeah it was some impressive stuff definitely not uh oh i could do that type thing so but uh and then there was some how oh, i recognized a couple of the songs uh Journey, maybe the original lead singer Journey. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. But still rocking the state fair circuit, and uh, yeah, it was it was all right. But I mean, I know the fair prices are they've always been expensive, but kind of a, a whole new level. So I'm going to throw a phrase at you, mm-hmm. and you interpret this phrase for me. Lemonade, free refills. What does that mean? Uh, I mean, I'm I, sorry. I don't. I, I haven't been prepped, so I, I apologize if I'm wrong. So much pressure. Uh, I, that means that you can purchase a lemonade, and then after the first one, the lemonade uh, is free. Man, that. That is exactly the interpretation that I put on that. (laughs) But the lady kindly explained to me that, um, and this is post-purchase attempted free refill. So, So, you know, a couple hours later. And she says, no, not at this fair. I said, well, you, you have a, a giant sign here, here. It's At on this the cup fair. that says free refills. She says, no, not at this fair. <laughs> I'm like, well, why don't you cover up the sign? 
or <laughs> she's like, no, no free refill, four dollars. <laughs> My God, so it costs four dollars for your your free refill, which was the initial price four dollars. No, the initial price was ten dollars. But uh, and that inflation is just—it's hurting right now, and <laughs> every everything is just. She's like, "Oh yeah, it would normally be fourteen dollars with free refills, but at this fair we do ten dollars and then four dollars for a refill." <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. yeah. So you can narrator uh, can fill in. Andrew did not get the four dollar refill. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but, uh, I did. Uh, our cars are old and they're Land Rovers and around the time they were made, there wasn't like a $5 gas. So I feel like I spend all my time at the pump these days. It's like a never ending cycle. I'm just filling up with gas every day, multiple times, not multiple times a day, but I don't know. That inflation, man, it's uh, it's crazy. It's out of control. It's kind of yep. wild. Yeah, it is. It's uh but I do want to give a shout out to Robertson's Tire Repair Tire Shop. Oh wow! Okay. In, so I guess uh, we're just gonna throw it out the window. Like, okay, cool. We were gonna do Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. We were gonna do a hey, no, no advertisements. It, but now you got some great tire stories, so we're gonna have an advertisement. So well, I just you know to to balance it out, they fixed a tire that had a screwing it in about five minutes for free yeah that's awesome yeah, that's, that's very awesome so i gave them a positive google review prices have gone up except there and not there so w- when i purchased the lemonade i, pr- I purchased <laughs> a lemonade and a a small thing of french fries because that's one of the only foods my daughter will will eat right and so they told me the price which was twenty two dollars right and I pulled I pulled out a twenty because it like I heard twenty two but I it didn't <laughs> process through my brain like I handed her a twenty and she just stares at me and then I realized I hadn't given her enough money for a lemonade and a small thing of french fries so oh okay more more money <laughs> this is our beloved int- uh my my silly intro was uh for the of course the oklahoma city thunder who was the seattle supersonics they have the coolest thing and i think you're gonna try to catch a game this year so you'll you'll get a chance to check this out they have a kids zone at the stadium where you can buy one of five things for children if you have a child with you. They are all a dollar inside an NBA stadium. Oh, wow. A hot dog, small fry, some sort of juice squeeze thing, and then there was a couple other things. I think it's like one small candy or something else. But there's all a dollar. If you have, like, you can't just as an adult be like, I'll take 17 of those uh, kid yeah. hot dogs. Yeah. No, you have to ha- roll up with your kid and it's a dollar. I thought that was like the coolest thing. So anyway, yeah, these prices are just wild, wild. We yes. were, as I mentioned last week, we did a quick trip to New Orleans and back and it's like, I'm hungry. I could get a sandwich. I'm going to walk around and go see if I can go find a sandwich in the airport. It's like, 
It'll be seventeen dollars. Not not hungry for a sandwich at all. I'm gonna wait till we get there to get some real seafood. <laughs> like this just turns out, I'm not paying that. So anyway, uh, what's going on in the news? There, I guess there's a lot going on. I got there's a, couple- a lot. Yeah. So I I did. Uh, I don't have any fire stories, but I, when I asked for input. Does seem like there's a lot of fires going on. Uh, what's going on? That was one of the requests to talk about. I don't know if, if you have any any fire stories or takes on fires or I don't. What have you? Uh, I I I have picked this up from our uh, from our Telegram group. So for those of you who don't know, we have started a Telegram group. I think we're up to pushing seventy now. Uh, people on there, which is fun. A lot of uh, Truth is Stranger to Fiction listeners, as well as original revelators, as Dr. Future referred to us for some strange reason. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, one thing I've picked up from the group, and I've enjoyed uh, a lot of talking with the group, but uh, a lot of preppers out there. A lot of pre- We don't do enough talking about prepping, and I don't think we do enough prepping. So no. Yeah, we're the... We are not expert preppers. Yeah. This is the thread that did you read the thread that was thrown in about prepping? It's kind of a, th- no, a I link link to an outdoor an outdoor an out of sight out of out of the Telegram site thread that uh, I think Reno threw it in there. Uh, but it was a guy from Bosnia, and he survived in a city. I think it was sixty thousand people that were completely surrounded by the military, and nothing was allowed in or out power went out and he lived that way for a full year oh wow and as you can imagine things went completely sideways for everybody who lived in that city yeah and the thing i took there's a lot to take from there Uh, one of them was uh, you can never have too much ammo which i thought was interesting and but the other another just like a little just just a just a little kind of extra credit bonus thing apparently cigarettes alcohol and uh coffee will be like currency premium items yeah currency would be a great way to put it kind of weird right like man what do you what do you got back there is that storable food no that's a a pallet of cigarettes so (laughs) pallet of cigarettes ready to go (laughs) ready ready for the black market or the survival market yeah see what happens i don't know um but the number one thing that he talked about was uh safety in numbers so i don't know if my house would be the better place to hold up i think between the two of our houses, it probably would be. So I think the Hoffmans just have to get over here. I don't know a lot of other people that, that I'm willing to hold up with. And uh, he just talked about, like, if you didn't have large numbers, you know, you got one guy with a gun trying to defend his family. I mean, he has to sleep, you know, and if, if yeah. they're surviving in there, then there's probably food in there and things go crazy. You need to have, you know, watches and people that can, you know. Anyway, it was kind of it was just a just a wild thread. And now that I've brought all that up, I got to throw that in the show notes to this show so people can go check out that thread. But, uh, yeah, crazy stuff. And he just kind of emphasized, like, you have no idea the links you will go to, to make sure that your children can live another couple days. Like once things go real bad, like there's, it, it can, it can things can get kind of wild, kind of fast. So. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, being in the city period is, I, when I think of prepping, I think of like getting out away from everything, but yeah, if you're in that situation with the army surrounding you, it's, 
I don't it's know, a whole man. New like, level. Well, what do we do? You and I, we're going to go live with the cows. I mean, a lot of people are going to go out there and find those cows, kill them, eat them for food. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go, man. Like, get out away from everything. How well is? I mean, you have you have a daughter with special needs. I have a daughter that's three. I don't know how well I'm going to be able to haul everybody around out of the city. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. How, like how if it's just me, it's just me, maybe just you. Look, let's go, bro. Where are we going? We'll hop on the back of the Jeep. I'll mount it up there. It'll be like the A-Team. Revel- <laughs> we'll, we'll spray paint Revelations Radio News on the side. And- <laughs> we'll say, it's like Mad Max. Go down, this go down through Texas. Pick up some RRN <laughs> people down there. <laughs> Head for Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> See if we can round everybody up. <laughs> No man, like I, we got to hold up. We got tiny. I got tiny kids. We got tiny kids. You got we got you got kids that can't just move. They can't just be a, on the run out there in the on the prairie somewhere, hiding out, avoiding sticker bushes and snakes, and trying to hide from the authorities. I, I don't know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta hold up. And I just I have a hard enough time just surviving the the commutes. <laughs> I was your, going down your, the. Your commutes are epically bad. I, I will give you that. I was going down the turnpike today, and uh, I see brake lights on a white pickup, and then I see a red sports car spinning around, bouncing off the median, and somehow not kicking back out into my lane. Fortunately, it stayed right there on the awesome. median. But yeah, it was, it was like, wow, that was real life. Two, two cars in front of me. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and that we've talked about that before, too. It's like, what... Uh, there it is. I found the article. Is is there more accidents, or are we just in a new place? Like, you know what I mean? Because it's, 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 it's flat here. I think people go faster. So I'm, I do see a lot of accidents, but is it like... Post-vax, lots more accidents. There's just, we're in a new place and there's more accidents. It could be a little of both, but, and it seems like a lot of accidents. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So. Happy little accidents. No, I thought it was happy little trees. Oh, no, you're right. It's. I mean, it could be both. I think he used both in so, painting videos. So Just going off of the side, this is completely like just framed like train of thought going off to the side of the barbershop building that is here in town that my son, I take my son to, they have Will Rogers, Jim Thorpe, and then Bob Ross painted on the side. And I just realized the other day, I was like, that makes no sense unless he's from Oklahoma and he is, I'm looking it up now. We're all going to learn together. <laughs> is is good, Bob Ross from, is this a good question Oklahoma. for chat GPT? <laughs> sure. Uh, two of Oklahoma's largest private foundations. Barbara. I don't know. So what while you're looking that up. Yep. Give me to play a clip. Let's do something. We gotta do something news we're we we're we're way off we're in the well, middle of no man's land. Okay, I gotta I gotta respond a little bit so we i mean we've talked about some of the specific fires and yes what have you reasons behind it so there i think there is an active operation of basically burn everything down 
Yeah. And and that's an easy way to create the impression of climate change, what have you. So, so I think went that's to, going on. Just for you and me, he went to Bishop McGinnis High School in Oklahoma City. The there Catholic High School in Nichols Hills. So I guess it's from here. Sorry, go ahead. And then the other part, though, is when the media decides to focus on something, like, okay, there's a thousand fires going on. Right. Is that a lot for this time of year? Sure. And that, yes, that is. I always, don't know. That's as skeptics, we always end up in that position, right? Like, well, there's been, you know, there usually is this many train derailments. It's just now they're showing them to us, right? right. And there, so there is that element of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the, your inability to judge, to accurately judge risk yes. through the mass media lens. Because you're getting shown some things, you know, that you shouldn't be worried about, told to worry about them, and vice versa. You know, not lots of stories about, I don't know, water quality. Actually, there are are a lot of stories about the PFAS specifically. That's all anyone can ever talk about is PFAS, PFAS, PFAS. But, you know, that's... It's not the only issues, but uh, yeah, I think there's elements of both of those, both an active burn everything down, blame it on climate change operation, and also uh, fires have gotten a lot of clicks lately, so we're going to report on fires. Sure. Okay. So Could be both. So the other big story, which... I don't know if you followed it more closely than I did. The uh, the missing F thirty five. I have not followed it closely. It just it, it's a weird kind of news cycle at this point going on. It just feels like there's a lot of noise. Yeah. So this uh, have you? This just got posted in Telegram. I actually had it in the show notes before, but uh, yes, this is. If this is not already viral, this will be viral. Uh, play the between a screech and a whistle full. So this is a gentleman who uh, heard what he didn't realize at the time, but turned out to be that F-35 going and crashing into the ground. Uh, there's some entertainment value, but also some see if you can spot the 9-11 truth uh, related element in this clip. Uh, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching, saw that between a screech and a whistle. I said, what in the world is this? And I heard a boom in my whole house. Show. White says he didn't realize it was a plane at the time, so he didn't call anybody. The first thought came to me, I said, well, must what's in the meteorite come out of space or something? And I said, well, if the airplane, it needed to be reported, but the thing was flying this. Too low. The F-35B airplane wreckage created an extensive debris field. The wreckage is located off Old Georgetown Road. Military security is very tight with numerous red and white signs on the... Obviously, humorous color. This will be auto-tuned and played and remixed a million times, which will be entertaining. But uh, he saw a missile, heard a missile. I didn't even go there. I went with the the debris field. There's a debris field. One F-35 crashes and there's an extensive debris field. 
That's the whistle. That's the missile, man. He hears the whistle, then hears the boom, and then there's a, an extensive debris field. Yeah, that's a that's a missile, man. No, but I'm saying. I hear you. Nine eleven, flight ninety three. Yep. No, where's the you. plane? Where's the wreckage? Yeah. You got a couple little pieces, and then the supposed plane hits the Pentagon. There's no uh, plane. <laughs> Sorry about that. And then, uh, yeah, you could play the ISO clip, which is probably up too loud, too. So, Oh, was the last one too loud? Yeah, it was way too loud. Maybe maybe I'm turned up too high. I'm speaking too low. I think I'm too low. We, we too low. I'll boost myself up. Better? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Turn down your volume over there. Sorry, between a screech and a whistle. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Screeching a whistle. I mean, when you look at all the duds that are in entertainment, and then these people, yeah. there's pure gold, mm-hmm. talent-wise, that you can just get on a local newscast, no problem. Yeah, I mean... Imagine having the guts to go full screech on a live news interview. It's incredible. <laughs> it is incredible. It's funny. My brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, and I were talking about uh, uh, Oliver Anthony, mm-hmm. and he he was just like taken off guard by how awesome it was, and then just it just showed how massively produced and edited all of the like music and stuff that we end up getting is when just one guy can grab a guitar and capture the imagination of millions. Yeah. Yeah. He should be doing, uh, you know, boost grand ball Man value for value music. No, where he still owns the music be crushing it. But, uh, so that, that little interview reminded me of a classic, which I remembered, and I think we played on the show, but I did not remember that this lady was from Tulsa. Oh, no. Because at the, at the time, we were not Oklahomans. So That's correct. So this is a Tulsa internet sensation. And so you'd be the, you be the judge, the, the, the new one, or this old classic from 2016? Well, and I got two others. I didn't know we were doing this. I, I got two others to submit, too. I mean, there's some good ones out there. Okay, all right. My friend came to the door. She said, well, I was on the phone cooking me and my baby some breakfast. And she said, hey, something wrong is popping. I said, what? She said, yeah. I said, no. So the girl come downstairs. She come out her apartment with her baby with no shoes on. I said, oh, girl, it's cold outside. She said, something ain't right. I said, oh, man. She said, oh, man. The building is on fire. I said, no, what? I got my three kids and we bounced out. Uh-uh, we ain't gonna be in no fire. Not today. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you remember the one the guy somebody was breaking into his house and he catches he catches them in Alabama and he goes on the news and like Proceeds to give the most hilarious like take on it, and uh, they ended up they auto tuned it like it became like a internet sensation. It was huge. I mean, it's I'm sorry, these people have way more talent than Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, no, this is 
It's true. I can't even find the one I want. There's an Arby's one. These employees of Arby's are interviewed. Oh, there it is. That's right. Oh, I got to find this. I got to see if I... All right, I got to work on downloading this. So, all right, you do something else. Go somewhere else. I got my submission as well. All right, I'll I'll pull up a a story here. Uh, Let's... Okay, let's do a little... A little scientism. Okay. Uh, Very serious... Science. Okay. Uh, when you get a chance, if you haven't seen it yet, you got to look at the picture. It's part of the reason for the article. This comes from Gizmodo. Space Drugs Factory denied re-entry to Earth. The Air Force and the FAA denied permission for Varda Space's capsule to return and land on Earth. And there's a whole lot of golden foil right there. Yeah. Golden foil, key to all things. So it's like, how many things that aren't real can you fit into one story? Let's, let's count them. All right. All right. Here we go. After manufacturing crystals of an HIV drug in space, of course, HIV. Yeah. (laughs) The the first orbital factory is stuck in orbit after being denied reentry back to earth due to safety concerns. The U.S. Air Force denied a request from Varda Space Industries. Are you, have you ever heard of Varda Space Industries? No. No. To land its space in space manufacturing capsule at a Utah training area. Oh, you threw this in the telegram midway through the week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. While the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration did not grant the company permission to re-enter Earth's atmosphere leaving its spacecraft hanging as the company scrambles to find a solution. A spokesperson from the FAA told TechCrunch in an emailed statement that the company's request was not granted at this time due to the overall safety, risk, and impact analysis. I mean, it's just... So their their co-founder, whatever you call it when it used to be called tweeting... He did whatever that's called now. Uh, space drugs have finished cooking, baby. Unfortunately, the space drugs are not allowed to come back to Earth, baby. Varda's capsule was originally scheduled for re-entry on September 5th or 7th, but the company's ap- application was denied on September 6th, according to TechCrunch. Varda formally requested that the FAA reconsider its decision on September 8th, and that request is still pending. All right. Yeah. So supposedly we got private companies sending spacecraft up there to make HIV crystals, to make HIV drugs because it's better to make drugs remotely in space somehow. That makes. Yeah. All right. And to close the loop, I have the Arby's robbery. (laughs) All right. Nice. A fast food employee wasn't going to let him get away. How some quick thinking and a whole lot of bravery helped her chase down an armed robber. It was a wild scene today just before an Arby's opened up for the day in Sterling Heights. Now, it happened at a location at Van Dyke and Plumbrook, and Steve Gargiola spoke to the woman who chased him down. Before the restaurant even opened this morning, there was a knock at the back door. An employee thought it must be another employee coming to work. It was a man with a gun. He robbed him, and then he took off running for these woods. I was nervous when the gentleman walked in, and because he was shifting back and forth and a little edgy. But when he took out the gun, I knew he meant business. 
The robber took off running with the cash into these woods behind the restaurant, but he didn't get far. Three employees chased him down. Manager Claudette moved with the quickness of a jungle cat as she leapt into her burgundy tercel to give chase. I don't know. In a frenzied moment of knowing candor, I looked toward Durell and Tino and uttered a stirring call to action. Dem Arby's boys. Wheels up. Ski skirt. She drove around the woods to the back of a senior center, jumped the curb, and cornered the robber with her car while the other two employees chased him into the river. We were nearing the river's edge when I looked toward D&T and wondered how much more amphibian than man would we need to be to properly trounce this malefactor in an aquatic altercation that will no doubt take every ounce of me and perhaps take more ounces than D&T even have in their pints. I don't know. But with one last look of a warrior's accord, we vaulted, vaulted higher than Meatloaf's motorcycle bursting through the devilish graveyard stony sod. And just like the loaf, we soared. And just like the loaf, we sang. Like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when the morning comes. When the night is over, like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone, gone, gone. I asked the woman who led the chase if it occurred to her at any point that it was a bad idea to chase an armed robber into the woods. My store is my turn, and I'm sworn to protect it. Yeah. And for all the criminals and holduppers out there fixing to mess with Claudette and Dem Arby's boys, let this be a lesson to you all, ha 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 ha. For we are more bonded than the gorilla glue betwixt the hull and wings of a Folkwolf trifugal model 148th scale. We are more dedicated to the servitude and defense of our meaty HQ than Chitara and Lionel defending Thundercat's lair. And I am snarf ready, ho! For when the aggressors arise and try to inflict evil against the kingdom of beef and shed, so too will a band of mighty heroes arise. Heroes hell-bent on protecting the curly fries and jalapeno bites of honor. Paladins of pork, dead set on defending the buttermilk chicken and buffalo sliders of this cheesy citadel. For we, D.A.B., will fight against the mumras and muggers of the world, bound not by fear, but bound by brotherly love. And in the timeless words of Fraydro Star, Sonny Caesar, Big D.S., and Sticky Fingers, we will proclaim... Slam! Da-da-da! Da-da-da! We them Arby's boys! Slam! Da-da-da! Da-da-da! We them Arby's boys! Brave, daring, foolish, maybe all of the above. Bottom line tonight is that nobody at the restaurant was hurt, and those two men are in police custody. All right, I'm sure you'll be following up. Steve Gergiola live for us tonight. Thank you, Steve. Like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when... (laughs) (laughs) What exactly is there to follow up on? (laughs) Bro, I was dying. Oh, <laughs> I kind of want to see what that guy looks like. Oh, he sounds like a skinny, skinny white boy, but I don't know. He is. He's definitely a white boy, but he's not skinny. He's not skinny. Okay. <laughs> I love that clip so much. Every time I hear it, it just gives me. That was the first time I'd heard it. Oh my gosh. Because it's just out of nowhere, and they just let him go. <laughs> just let him keep going. Well, not like, just let him go. They let him script the thing for I don't know how many hours, but the I don't know, think the, he scripted it for hours. I mean, to me, oh I, yes, yes. <laughs> that's that's your that's your take. My take is this is actually a brilliant dude who's found himself working at an Arby's, and he he was like, "This is my this is my <laughs> that chance." Was, that was spontaneous. Yeah, this is my chance. I'm going in. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. yeah. yeah. Scri- That's, I, in my world, I like to believe that, that, that he he freestyled that. As, aspiring hip hop artist, I'm sure, but uh, yeah, 
Definitely, definitely some writing and some thesaurus work going on for that one. <laughs> Dem Arby's boys, scree scree. He's <laughs> what do you say, aquatic? <laughs> oh man! Anyway, yeah, throwing uh, some meatloaf lyrics in there. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I hey, you know what, Andrew? You know why I like doing this show with you? Because when I woke up, this, <laughs> when I woke up this morning. I had no idea I'd be I'd be listening to We Dem Arby's Boys from back in the day, but uh, there you go, we did it, and uh, there you go, yeah, that was my, one, well, of my other, and one of my other internet favorites is the uh, the off duty police officer who smokes so much weed that he gets so high he calls nine one one. It was it was a, a banger from back in the day, early YouTube days. But he like calls nine one one. He's like, we've uh, Smokes a lot of weed, and I th- I think we're gonna die. I think we're gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> and, and like he just keeps talking to the people, and they're like cracking up. Not cracking up, but they're like trying to take him seriously. At the end, the lady comes in. She's like, and if it was actually discovered after this phone call, this was an off-duty police officer. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. Anyway, sorry, we're way off topic. We need to do, uh, get back on. So fires everywhere. Is it? There's, it seems like a lot of fires, and there's a lot of focus on the fires. feels like the only thing I've taken from all this is, thank goodness we don't live in the Pacific Northwest, but I don't even know that they're getting smoked out right now, um, and how lucky we are that we got so much rain these last couple months. But yeah, it does seem like the world is on fire, but it's the end of summer. So yeah, hard to tell. Hard to tell. Yeah, hard to tell how much is, is what elements there, but yeah, I there does seem to be a let's convince the skeptics that there's really global warming by any means necessary. That seems to be a, a push for sure. Yeah. Well, but, uh, I, I'm I'm on this on this point. I think I'm more uh, black pill than you. Uh, it's not let's convince the skeptics. It's let's make sure everyone remembers something for the future when we take everything away. Let's remember that there was yeah. a thing. There, let's make sure that everyone remembers a thing. Kind of like January 6th. Like, they just made, like, nothing happened. But they're like, let's make this a, a thing that everybody remembers. And they got a lot of people to get scared over nothing. And, I mean, when you're in an area with really bad wire, wildfire smoke, there it is an apocalyptic feeling. Absolutely is. When it's, like, you know, noon and the, it should be a sunny day and it's dark and strange colors and yeah it's you can't breathe and you can't go outside it's it's no fun i mean it does it does mess with you so I th- hopefully I I they don't i think i mentioned that was the icing on the cake for my wife you know yeah she was at home with a brand new baby uh and was you know basically trapped indoors with just smoke actually coming in the house yeah it's not much worse than that. It's pretty. You you don't appreciate breathable air until you don't until you don't have it there. Yeah, yeah. So. I think I think we talked about this on the show then. But if you are in one of those wildfire areas, one thing you can do, and I did this, is you can get a box fan and a furnace uh, filter and build your own kind of air purifier at home. There, you take the box fan. And you take the furnace filter and you put duct tape or blue tape, whatever you have, and surround it so that it pulls through the furnace filter. And you can 
You can get it a good, it, oh yeah, you can get a good amount through there. And my furnace filters by the time I by the time it was over, my furnace filter when I took it off was extremely discolored. So I think it does help. Yeah, it and even better if you can <laughs> dodge the dodge the smoke, but unfortunately it's not not easy to do sometimes. Absolutely. So if you're dealing with that, then my sympathy is certainly with you. I will I will touch on one thing that's happening this week, which is uh Russell Brand. Apparently there's a full scale uh attack against Russell Brand uh, from the BBC. Uh, sexual uh, misconduct allegations. Um, did you listen to Grand Theft World this week at all? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, so they had a good take on it. It was a kind of a you know they're like okay let's if if the allegations are true you know it's pretty horrible but also it's kind of weird because the allegations take place between two thousand two and two thousand six. And yep. why would you hold on to those allegations if you had them? Through the Me Too moment. Yeah. That makes no sense. That would be the time when you would let loose. And remember, public um, public opinion was at an all-time high for being like, get those guys during that Me Too moment. Right. This would be your moment. But no, no. They held, they held on to these allegations years after. And then, you know, they just kind of pontificated on Grand Theft World. Like, hey, what if? They did report it, but somebody higher than them was like, oh, I'm going to store this away for later and use it for blackmail or use it for the right time and then bust it out. Or, or maybe it's all made up or maybe the BBC is, is, is just kind of manufacturing everything. But he kind of got ahead of it and was able to come go on, on the air and say, hey, they're about to railroad me. Something's, something's up here. Um, I know we played clips from him on here. Uh, I know that he's been questioned and anybody... Uh, this is mentioned on Grand Theft World too. Anybody who's paying attention to anything and has seen his kind of meteoric rise is probably, you know, kind of still undecided on his actual stance. Is he part of the machine or not? Uh, friendship with Noel Harari uh, has been called into question. I guess he denied friendship. He did one interview with him, he said. But uh, I do think it's interesting. You got a guy who is pretty much railing against big government and big pharma and have a fully produced, not even a news story, like a fully produced BBC <laughs> documentary comes out. Yeah, docudrama. A docudrama comes out. Like, no allegation, no nothing. Just boom, docudrama first. That might be a sign of uh, you're, you're, uh, you're under attack. Uh, I do have a clip from him from about a month or two ago, and he was on Bill... Well, Go ahead. Ha- have they actually charged him criminally with anything? That's a great question. Uh, well, I would guess, and I can look into this as we, after I play this clip or while I'm playing the clip, I would guess based on the allegations, it would have been, uh, uh, I, I think that these things may have a statute of limitations. I'm not sure. But that would be my guess. So it's a public opinion only type of deal. Or we let's, sue let's, him, right? Yeah, I mean, let's look into it further. But yeah, maybe sue him would be the way to go. Uh, but anyway, this is him within a month or two, uh, this last month or two, on Bill Maher. And uh, this is the type of stuff that he is getting a lot of traction saying. He was on YouTube with millions of views, then he moved to Rumble. He's getting millions of views. He is monetized. Uh, YouTube I apparently just demonetized him based on the BBC docudrama. 
But uh, anyway, here is uh, Russell Brand on Bill Maher's show. Well, yes. Out of respect for you and your show, <laughs> I've brought some facts. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> if you'd like, oh, they're oh, actually... You just, you just get the f*** out of here. This thought, is not the place. No, I thought you like facts. No, no, I, we do. No, we love like facts. I love facts. I wouldn't have mentioned it. I'm English, and you know that politeness is our fundamental religion. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but they do pertain to this issue, so may I say some please, of them? Please, if they inconvenience you, you I, I'll stop saying them. The pandemic created at least 40 new far, big pharma billionaires. Pharmaceutical corporations like Moderna and Pfizer made $1,000 of profit every second from the COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine. More than well. two-thirds of Congress received campaign funding from pharmaceutical companies in the 2020 election. Pfizer chairman Albert Baller told Time magazine in July 2020 that his company was developing a COVID vaccine for the good of humanity, not for money. And of course, Pfizer made $100 billion okay. in profit right. in 2022. Right. And may I just mention, finally, and these are, this is also a fact, that you, the American public, funded the development of that. The German fund, public funded the BioNTech vaccine. When it came to the profits, they took the profits. When it came to the funding, you paid for the funding. All I'm querying is this. Yes. Is if you have right. an economic system in which pharmaceutical companies benefit hugely from medical emergencies, where a military industrial okay. complex benefits from war, where energy companies benefit from energy crises, you are going to These generate right. states of perpetual crisis yes. where the interests of ordinary and, and, people well, yes. separate from the interests of the elite. I mean, crammed a lot into like a minute, 30 seconds there, but it's... All on point in for in my book, obviously. Yours too. Just uh interesting interesting person, interesting thing to keep an eye on there. Yeah. Well and it's okay. I mean it's not out of the realm of possibility that he was a total sleaze sure. bag. Yeah, good point. From, especially from two thousand two to two thousand six, you know. Good point. And then it's like, well, does that mean he's everything he just not said. allowed to have an opinion yeah. ever again? You know, is that everything he just said in that clip? The, the, what does that change? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So you it's kind of like the the Tim. They did the Russell Brand and the Tim Ballard yep. attempt to take down two, and that's kind of similar. There is some more evident. I mean, they they did kind of kick him out of the organization. Didn't really deny. That, that stuff happened at the same time. I mean, it sounds like he was kind of a, a sleazeball for sure, but I didn't he- see anything in the article that was like a criminal type deal there. Tim Ballard. Yeah. On the Tim Ballard. Side. I haven't even really looked at it. My apologies. I will correct myself here. It looks like it was between 2006 and 2013. So still held on to through, me too, which doesn't make sense. But, it, yeah, I I have no idea on the Russell Brand stuff. It wouldn't surprise me if it was real, you know, or real but very exaggerated sure. now or what have you. But, um, and then they they probably did have it for a long time, and it's like, all right, now's the time to to roll it out there. And most of them probably get the, uh, hey, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, this is a, you know, interesting stuff you did on TV. I'm sure you didn't, I'm sure you never did stuff worse than what you did on TV um, behind closed doors. I'm sure there's no accusations floating around from your man show days. 
Uh, but it, and that's how they keep people in line. And yep. you find out about it if someone gets out of line. I think for the most part, that doesn't mean that they didn't. They're innocent or didn't do it. But yeah. Uh, directly from the BBC website, have the police responded? In the wake of the allegations made against Brand, the Metropolitan Police said on Monday it had received a report of an alleged sexual assault in Soho, central London, in 2003. The Met said officers were in contact with the woman and providing support to her, adding that we continue to encourage anyone that believes they may have been a victim of the sexual offense, no matter how long ago it was, to contact us. The force first spoke to the Sunday Times on Saturday. It has since made further approaches to the paper and Channel 4 to ensure that any victims of the crime who they have spoken with are aware how they may report the criminal allegations to police. Ah, that sounds pretty weird. Doesn't that sound weird? The force is repeatedly going to the Sunday Times here. On Sunday, the Los Angeles Police Department, excuse me, on Sunday, the Los Angeles Police Department said it had not been notified of any incidents, reports, or allegations regarding Russell Brand or any of the accusers. It did not immediately confirm reports of an LAPD officer being alerted by a rape crisis center in 2012 about one of the accusers being treated there following an alleged incident with Brand. It could not immediately confirm. It could not. Hmm. This is a well well written article from the BBC, or maybe I can't, <laughs> maybe I can't read. It could not immediately confirm who's it. The Los Angeles Police Department, I guess. No, because it's anyway. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I see no legal case. So I'm not saying it's I'm not saying Russell Brand is a good guy. I'm just saying you know, like you said, criminally, what what are we dealing with? And yeah, I think it's kind of lame to make accusations of criminal conduct and then not you know, make charges like that, that should go into police charges first. And then if you want to make a, a docudrama about the whole thing afterwards, after all the facts come out fine, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it is an obvious hit piece. That doesn't necessarily mean, <laughs> I'm going to spend all my time defending Russell Brand and Tim Ballard, everything they ever did. But no, for yeah, sure, absolutely not. No. So, oh man, the, the how PB- it works. I mean, we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, where you've got the FBI and Department of Defense with all this child porn stuff everywhere, and then all of a sudden there's. You know, real whistleblowers, not like uh, we found aliens whistleblowers, but real whistleblowers, and all of a sudden they're the ones with the the child porn found on their computers. Yeah, as we discussed last week. So, very interesting. All right, just thought I had to touch on that. It's a it's a weird deal, weird, weird deal. So the the Twitter algo which I don't go on Twitter very much anymore, but uh, because of the stories that I click on, it's now showing me stuff like this. Uh, Scientists that lived on Mars for a year (laughs) revealed the obstacle NASA hadn't considered until now. And this is a story from 2021, but it gets worse than that. It's a story from 2021 about events that happened in 2015. Oh, man. It's like, why is this in my Twitter feed? So they made a uh, a little dome thing on Hawaii. 
a vast white dome. Nothing Group ever scientists goes down are, in Hawaii. Yeah. Which, this is probably why the story's popping back now. It's like, oh, Maui's getting clicks. Let's do, let's put this story back out there. So, it's just an interesting propaganda piece because you gotta, but you have to see the pictures. Because it's like pictures from movies interspersed with pictures of this actual thing interspersed with supposedly real astronauts and supposedly real pictures of Mars. Uh, A very blurring the lines type of thing. Pretty boring article. It's just like, oh, what do you know? You lock people in close quarters and they don't don't get along and are miserable. That's, That's a shocker. Like a bunch of science dweebs locked in a bubble for a year but then it turns out they weren't even locked in the bubble they could go out and go for walks in hawaii it's like that's that's not realistic it's not what mars would be like to go on hikes in hawaii in your off time but whatever (laughs) so anyway very bogus story but down at the you know many many levels of, of bogusness uh but supposedly... Wait, there's men and women in this thing? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And Yeah, and two of them had a romantic relationship. Shocking. Yeah. And so then, at the end, it shows them, after all these like happy photos and stuff, but then talking about how miserable they were, and then it says they didn't do well they came out pale and with like teeth problems and they were pale had lost weight and their teeth didn't look very good okay but then no no fluoridated water on mars i don't know i don't know but here's my question i'm ready that's supposedly a year in which the rest of the story, you find out that they got to go, like, leave the bubble and go on walks in Hawaii. So I don't know why they were pale. Uh, but supposedly, okay, the year in the part-time in the bubble makes them pale, lost weight, and their teeth didn't look very good. And yet the people are just floating around on the space station for years at a time. No big deal. Coming back just fine. ISS. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm just asking. So. I don't, I don't see any problems with this. <laughs> like the, the supposed actual pictures of Mars, where you can see like a mouse, and the. Well, I like how they all. They, I guess never mind. I was thinking of a different story where they all came back with a fresh haircut. Oh, the that was recent too, though. They they came back from this. I think it was from the. Space station, right? ISS, fresh haircuts. Yeah, Yeah. fresh haircut back from the ISS. They were there for a year. Yeah, it's a. Well, maybe it seems like they would have made that into content. Like, look at the hair just floating. Look at the hair floating in zero gravity. Oh, it's so crazy to get a haircut in space. That's a comedy gold right there. Also, uh, so how did these six men and women react when forced into close quarters of a simulated mission for 12 months? I 
being a veteran of four years in the United States Navy could have <laughs> predicted, yeah, <laughs> not in a submarine, but could have predicted oh, yeah. uh, many of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one would be the uh, relation, romantic relationships that were going to take place, uh, 100%. And then the other issue, and uh, probably one of the drivers to why these relationships took place, and kind of why I believed in my anti-feminist uh, stance on this, markedly anti-feminist, uh, women don't belong on Navy boats, is because uh, the longer you were out to sea, the most normal women started to look more and more attractive. And I'm not just saying that as like something that I dealt with. This was a thing that everyone knew. And it's weird, right? It's really weird. You got to see for months at a time, and then you see just a normal girl when you're outnumbered. There's like 4,500 guys, 500 girls. And you're like, wow. <laughs> because there's just nothing else. Like, they just, it just, it's part of the human brain. Like, you start to, okay, right. this is the only, uh, prospects available to me this this is this is this looks like one of the great prospects that's available and it, anyway and so what it ends up happening is uh crazy drama just crazy drama involving getting out of work and or you know you know completely not doing any work or you know even even worse uh you know byproducts of you know people getting unexpectedly pregnant from you know people that you never would have guessed that they would have been with just just yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. I do not, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan. I'm not necessarily a fan. I think I've talked about it before. Women on the front lines. I don't, I don't love that either. It's not a, and a cool deal. Just the gender ratio deal. It's a problem. Not, not as extreme, yeah. but on a much larger scale, look at what's going on in China. What is going Where on in China? Well, you just, with the one child policy for so long, and male children were prioritized, so people would abort their oh, no. unborn daughters, and then you end up with too many, too many men, not enough women, and pretty soon you need to have a world war just to kind of balance things back out and start over. So, uh, that's interesting. Thank you, Rockefeller. Yeah. Maybe they could get some migrants. Yeah, they we have to they talk. would need they would need migrant women though. No, it's true, but we don't we don't get those here. We get just migrant men. We have to talk about this. Uh, I think every day a little bit more about the Children of Men show where you just couldn't yes, get across yeah. borders because everybody was so mad about the stuff going on. But man, we are we're within just, view of the backlash. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just crazy. I don't even know what to say. Good, good for Governor Governor Abbott for shipping everybody out, uh, but also he's a WEF, you know, stooge, and that may have been part of the plan the whole time. Disperse, yeah. disperse the the migrants throughout the, the United States. I mean, we are absolutely being invaded. These are not families; these are military age men from everywhere. Come in, get a phone, get a debit card, get bus to wherever they want to go. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And what's going to happen, I mean, down the road here, we're going to have some sort of false flag, some giant explosion, some assassination. They're going to blame it on, oh, it's all, the, all these migrants. We got to lock everything down. We got to, you know, what, what we should do is take everybody's guns. 
Right. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's not good. This we're being invaded. And it's not good. I don't mean to be alarmist, but it's it's not awesome. Governor Abbott's talking about building the wall now, and I mean it's just. And it's not just us. Germany has been invaded. It looks like entire islands of Italy have been completely invaded. They're, you know, they got like ten times, they got like a ten to one ratio of migrants to to residents of some of these small islands in Italy. Yeah. Oh, it's in Libya already I mean, happened in in Europe for the most yeah. part. I mean, yeah. And Libya, of- Libya is now a complete disaster after their their earthquake slash flood slash holy cow that whole area has been decimated and that's just going to drive even more people out of the area into Europe. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not awesome. It's not awesome. And what they're doing is they're slowly subverting all the Western countries and their, you know, quote unquote constitutions and, you know, bringing in people that will kind of degrade the population. And, you know, it's not the same culture. It's a different culture. Not that there's anything wrong with it, with their culture, but it's just, they don't know what it is to be an American, what rights they do have. And they're just like happy to get, you know, three hots in a cot or three, you know, to get a bed and place to, to work. And, and they are, uh, well, and a lot of times they're getting lied to about what they're going to get too. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. They're bus yeah. to New York. And told, oh, you know, America, it's great. You'll get a job, you'll get a place to stay. And then when that stuff, like, oh yeah, we'll have your kid waiting for you over there. Don't don't worry about it. And you never see him again. Yeah. Missing children. There's a lot of missing migrant children. A lot of missing children from Hawaii too. Still, that really hasn't been resolved. But no, no, so. it's we're headed into some strange times, my friends. Some strange times. Yeah. If if Tim Ballard indeed. You know, made inappropriate passes at female coworkers. That does not mean that child trafficking. Yeah, <laughs> not an actual. Not it's not a problem. Good, was, yeah. Is that false equivalency we're talking about here? It's like, well, you know, Tim Ballard's. You know, did inappropriate things. Okay, so therefore, <laughs> what's the. Yeah. What's the takeaway here? So therefore, child trafficking debunked. Not a right. not a problem. Not a real thing. And they, I mean, I I'm sure they can find a couple Hawaii school children who are perfectly fine, and their parents didn't feel like, you know, filling out the paperwork on the next island over, or what have you. But that doesn't mean they're all fine. That's, Absolutely. That's a good point. You know, one thing you could do is just sprinkle some QAnon on it. You know, there's a bunch of ki- children missing in Maui, but all these QAnon people on the internet, you know, it's a tragedy what they're going through over there. We should leave them alone and not ask them all these questions about where their missing children are. Like those QAnon crazies. Yeah, it'll become... Uh, well, because okay, the conspiracy theorists are saying it's more of a problem, so it's kind of the inverse of Sandy Hook, right? Yeah. So Sandy Hook, you got the you know, hey, isn't it strange that the guy in camo with guns, they just they don't talk about him anymore? And all the reports of other shooters and, you know, the fact that they said it was his brother at first. And then uh, we'll, uh, we'll just 
sweep it under the rug and you're just denying that family member, you know, pointed out it was strange. They burned the school or destroyed the school, destroyed all the evidence. It's and pretty just, normal. They, they tend to do just, that. Yeah. Nine, like C-9-11. The, when they put the January 6th barricades up, like, you know, just burn the whole scene. Stop. Just stop. Yeah, put the... Uh, Put the walls up in Maui. Yeah, Maui. Yeah, exactly. So this, I've got a very short clip. I would have got more clips from it. I talked about uh, the Geopolitics and Empire podcast. And he had Joe Allen, who is the transhumanism editor of Steve Bannon's outfit. Nice. Which, that's a title i want man can i be the transhumanism editor of revelations radio news you i i don thee so all right so uh the interview was titled oh, oh, actually it's uh sorry it's taken um oh, it's, taken. All right. it's, it's me so uh dark eon transhumanism and idiocracy run by algorithms uh very good interview people should check that out but I just pulled a very short clip. Uh, transhumanism summary here. Transhumanism is indeed Satanism with a brain chip. And uh, cyborg theocracy is the, the Orthodox Church. <laughs> Satanism with a brain chip. I like that. So... That's if that doesn't make any sense, you got to listen to the rest of the interview, it'll make sense. But yeah, I can't find any of my Andrew's transhumanism clips. Transhumanism, you could live, you could live forever. People actually believe that garbage. Yeah, some people actually believe that. (laughs) Why can't I find any of this cool stuff? Yeah, I could, I could be. Our transhumanism editor. This is, I've got career goals now. Let's do it. I mean, you can move up. Hopefully you can oust the current occupier of that (laughs) spot, which is me. All right, where to next? I've got sort of a real news clip. I guess we could do that. It's kind of off-brand for this show. But uh, uh, Thomas Massey... Uh, grilling Merrick Garland. Trans- oh man, blowing out your ears. I was going to put a clip in of Merrick Garland uh, making himself cry by talking about how amazing he is and how much he's worked for civil rights. And But it was just too, too icky. Uh, so this is Thomas Massey talking to Merrick Garland about good old Ray Epps. Transhumanism. Forever. <laughs> You're signing the Constitution. I'm going to cite it. It's our constitutional duty to do oversight. Now, in that video, that was your answer to a question to me two years ago. When I said, how many agents or assets of the government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating in the crowd to go into the Capitol and how many went into the Capitol? Can you answer that now? I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, last time... You don't know how many there were or there were none? I don't know the answer to either of those questions. If there were any, I don't know how many. You've ha- I don't know whether there are any. 
I think you may have just perjured yourself that you don't know that there were any. You want to say that again, that you don't know that there were any? I have any? no personal knowledge of this matter. I think what I said the you've, last time. You've had two years to find out. And the day, by the way, that was in reference to Ray Epps, and yesterday you indicted him. Isn't that a wonderful coincidence? On a misdemeanor. Meanwhile, you're sending grandmas to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there, yet you've got the guy on video who's saying go into the Capitol. He's directing people to the Capitol before the speech ends. He's at the site of the first breach. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an, and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. I yield the balance of my time to Chairman Jordan. May I answer the question? I'm going to ask you one now. Uh, yeah, let's, we'll let the gentleman. Yeah. Um, that, I, I, go ahead. But the, uh, in discovery, in the cases um, that were filed with respect to January uh, 6th, um, the Justice Department prosecutors provided whatever information they had about uh, the question that you're asking. Uh, with respect to Mr. Epps, the FBI has said that he was not an employee or informant of, of the uh, FBI. Uh, Mr. Um, Epps has been charged, um, and there's a proceeding, I believe, going on today on that subject. The charge is a joke. I yield to the chairman. The, the time the gentleman has expired, the chair recognizes the uh, the gentleman from That's California. It. So he's CIA? <laughs> exactly. He doesn't say he's not. No. He did. He he explicitly very deceptive. He explicitly says repeatedly that he's not a member of the FBI. Right. Which that might actually be true. But it is most definitely not true that you don't know if there were any agents of the federal government yeah. on January 6th. I believe you just perjured yourself was a great yeah. great response to that. And Garland sounds scared. You think? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Should we listen? Like, he, he's not very good. He's just kind of a weak. Hold, hold on. Hold new, on a minute. Let's, let's go back. Noodle lawyer anyway, but... ...to prison. You're putting people away for 20 years for merely filming. Some people weren't even there, yet you've got the guy on video who's saying go into the Capitol. He's directing people to the Capitol before the speech ends. He's at the site of the first breach. You've got all the goods on him, 10 videos, and it's an, and it's an indictment for a misdemeanor? The American public isn't buying it. I yield the balance of my time to Chairman Jordan. Yeah, I answer the question? I'm going to ask you one now. Uh, yeah, let's, we'll let the gentleman. Yeah. Um, that, I, I, go ahead. But the, uh, in discovery, in the cases um, that were filed with respect to January uh, 6, um, the Justice Department prosecutors provided whatever information they had about uh, the question that you're asking. Uh, with respect to Mr. Epps, the FBI has said that he was. Yeah, right. He sounds kind of scared. He can't even hardly. He says the, he actually says January sixth because he can't figure out what else to say at that moment. Weird. Yeah, that's weird. And that guy was supposed to be a Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think he's one of the kind of what they're doing with Joe Biden. Where it is supposed to send the message of, like, look how weak and pathetic your country is, because these are the people in charge. Yeah. 
demoralization campaign. It's it's definitely demoralization. And folks, the list goes. Folks, the list goes on. I'm starting to bore myself here, but this is important stuff. I think. I think. <laughs> and it's so frustrating when then you hear some of these people that have been locked up for 20 years, you know, or locked up for long terms. Mm-hmm. For January sixth, twenty months, very, very coherent. Yeah, with it, it's like these are the people that should be running the country. Yep, and they're the ones getting thrown in, thrown in jail. And it's never underestimate how how absurd uh, tyranny can be, though. I mean, if you read Alexander Schultz and Nietzsche, yeah, it gets real absurd real quick, and we're. You know, full speed ahead on the absurd train. You sure are. You sure are. All right. Uh, where do you want to go next? I got. I can go a couple places if you want to choose for me, or we can pick do something you want to do. No, go for it. If yeah. uh, you 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 pick. That's what I my pick. daughter used to say. You pick. You pick. All right. Uh, this, I think, was thrown in the Telegram group a long time ago, and I finally got around to kind of reviewing it and thought it was worthy to bring to the show. This comes from uh, BitChute via the Telegram channel, but a resident of Lahaina talking about some interesting issues with the Lahaina Police Department Chief of Police. But when I realized that he was the captain in vegas at the time of the shooting that's why i was like how did he get here how did he get here i covered another video how 50 days after he started at this job he asked for a 23 percent raise and they gave him 29 percent raise he asked for forty thousand dollars more they gave him fifty thousand dollars more less than two months on the job another thing to note is that he was still working in las vegas when he got this job and there were four other candidates who were Lahaina residents. This guy had to sell his house, find a house, put his kid in school, while anyone who was already a a, a resident of Lahaina or Maui wouldn't have to do any of that. Not only did they take him, they also gave him a fucking 30% raise within two. So obviously this is all very sketchy, right? I'm obviously very disturbed by this whole thing. Then Christmas Eve Sisters over here says, have you looked into Terry Jones's death? Terry Jones was his secretary, and she had apparently worked for the department for like 30 years, and obviously she was a Maui native. The timing on that is extremely suspicious. So his raise is approved Pelletier's raise is approved February 9th, okay? Before I get into Terry Jones, I found this letter while I was researching it. A letter that a citizen, the tail end of her email is hawaii.rr.com, Dana Puckett. So I don't know if she works for them or what, but she writes a letter to the salary.commission at Co. Maui. I'll show you. She writes this email, Okay. Clearly, the residents were having the same problem about this guy than that we are. I'm writing in regards to the Maui Police Commission giving a pay raise to Chief John Pelletier from 158 
per year to 205 after only 50 days on the job. The Maui Police Commission has already altered Hawaii revised statute HB number 1534 to allow both a chief and a deputy chief of police to bypass the Hawaii residence requirement of one year. So they already amended a statute that required one year residency for a police chief and deputy chief in order to hire him. What was so important about him, what was so special about him that they had to amend a statute to ship him in here, given all of the hardships he was going to have to endure in order to come. Not only that, the Maui Police Commission also gave him $50,000 to move to Maui. They wouldn't have had to give $50,000 if they had hired one of the other four natives that were candidates for the job. Now the Maui Police Commission wants to give him a $46,149 raise after 50 days on the job. Police Chief John Pelletier knew fully well what the job paid and has specifically stated several times that it was not about the money. I agree with what uh, Claire Carroll from Hannah uh, stated in the Hawaii News Now article. Police Chief John Pelletier should prove his worth before being handed a $46,000 pay raise. Why can't we wait six months to see how things go? Commission member Mark Rediger stated in the Hawaii News Now article that, and in this quote, and in this particular case, he's working very hard and doing a lot of things we wanted him to do. What exactly? Oh, and then she says, what exactly did you want him to do? I can tell you right now that morale at Maui Police Department is as low as anyone working there has ever seen. I'm talking about good and honorable officers, men and women that have 20 to 30 years in the department. They say they cannot support this new administration. Another two or three will retire within a few weeks. Uh, months. Officers with 15 to 20 years are going to quit. They are willing to sacrifice their pensions. And we know from yesterday's video that there were several who were on record sacrificing, giving up their pensions, quitting early after 30 years on the job because they couldn't handle the work environment. They say they cannot support this new administration. Another two or three years will, will retire within a few months. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, blah, blah, blah. They are willing to sacrifice their pensions. I already said that this sounds pretty bad to me. The community relations section, which was quite a successful section, was completely scuttled. Why? For what reason? There was no discussion, no informing the public, no informing SHOPO, S-H-O-P-O, no meeting with the two chiefs. All the section commander received was a series of curt emails demanding that, quote, effective immediately, you will no longer be this, you will no longer be that, move out of your office by this time. What in the world is going on over there at MPD? What are we going to do if they all quit? Are we going to lower the standard of excellence and training that made MPD one of the most highly trained and respected agencies in the country? Are we going to allow this police chief to bring in from wherever, rank for rank, all of the people he thinks he needs to fill this department? Who is going to vet these new officers? I'm very concerned about this. It's a known fact that police departments all over the country have been infiltrated by hate groups, white supremacy, KKK, Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, and much more. MPD and Maui are melting pots of all cultures working in harmony together, and we need to keep it that way. I'm not sure what the Maui Police Commission wanted these two chiefs to do, but whatever it was, it's not working. Please, for the sake of the many honest and hardworking police officers at MTV, at MPD, wait on the payways. It's like a slap in the face to them. And please look into whatever is causing the very low morale and officers retiring at such an unheard of rate. This is insane. I did not know that they also paid him 50 grand to move there when there were four other candidates who were natives, who were well aware of the low morale and back 
when this, so, so the article that I had read to you guys yesterday was from what, like July or something like that. This was back in February. So before they approved the raise on February 9th, they were well aware that people were quitting, dropping like flies, people that were giving up their pensions when they were one or two years away from vesting. And there was a one year residency requirement. They amended a statute to bring him and his little co-captain deputy chief in. Why? Why? Which brings me to this question. Terry Jones, his secretary, who had worked there for like 30 years. First, let me tell you the bullshit about her in, um, in a press release. This woman was the matriarch of this department. Everyone knew Terry. Everyone loved Terry. There's a void MPD has that most likely will never be filled. Terry did so much for so many people, so many charities, all the fundraisers she did, all the bake sales she did. She gave of her time, her effort, and her own money to do everything she could for everybody else. That's a lot to say for someone that you knew for less than two months, by the way. She she died on February 24th, a Thursday morning. 4.40 a.m. 4.40 a.m. So anyway, he knew her for less than two months, exactly two weeks after his pay raise goes through. Pay raise goes through February 9th, and she's mysteriously killed February 24th at 4.40 a.m. chasing a purse snatcher. She's allegedly helping her um, daughter to deliver newspapers and somebody stole her purse from her car. Another motorist, the motorist gets into a car and she chases them and she loses control and crashes into a tree. She's not wearing her seatbelt and her airbags deployed and there was nobody else in her car. Where was her daughter? She was helping her daughter to deliver. I'm confused. 4.40 AM seems like the exact right time to crash a car and have no witnesses. Something tells me that this lady wasn't going to keep any secrets. And two weeks after the raise, she's dead. Hmm. All very interesting things. I've added some, uh, some editing work for myself there, Andrew. No need to, to mention that. But uh, thoughts on the video? Yeah, at first I thought, didn't we play this? And then I realized... Oh no, I I think I may have, was it me that put it in the Telegram channel or did someone else and that's where I saw it? I, I don't know, that's where I saw it originally too. But but then I'm like, oh no, the uh, the swears, it was, it was too much work, so I didn't put it in the show notes a, <laughs> a few weeks ago. But yeah, it was that was a very interesting clip. I think we may have referred to it. Before, maybe a little bit yeah maybe but, you did. i didn't get a chance to see it so i was yeah, not aware of it. it what was so special about that guy a yeah. white guy from yeah nevada yeah, yeah. and it, if you want to screw up the morale of a police department mm-hmm. um you can because they'll put up with a lot but putting up with a total outsider coming in and given a higher pay and the waiver on, you know, when some of those guys that were applying for it probably been in the department for 20 years, yep. 30 years type deal. Not just an outsider, but a Howley. Yeah. 
which means white devil. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a Howley outsider coming in and getting higher pay. I mean, that's, that's not a good look. And it, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. What is he so good at? Right. Yeah. What? Covering for the official story. Yeah. Getting all emotional and which is very anti cop too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they deal with a lot of rough stuff. No, for sure. It's part of the job description and you like the whole freaking out, like you want to go in there and you're, you're stepping over bodies and it's like, okay, well yeah, people still want to know where their kids are. So maybe you could, work on that and not you know people want to know why you blocked the roads off people couldn't get out so yeah it's, yeah that that entire thing and uh, actually last american vagabond did a recent episode with updates both on maui and on uh East Palestine. Mm. So, so don't let them in it. People that are still trying to get justice in East Palestine. Uh, one lady was told by the spokesperson or the, whoever she was talking to at the railroad, this gravy train is leaving town soon. So you'd better get, Take the offer while it still stands for, you know, a few pennies, basically. And she's like, no, I want you to buy my house so I can move somewhere else. Wow. The whole family's sick. And they can't afford to move anywhere. That's... That's what, I mean... It's great to be self-sufficient, what have you, if you, if you can be. Um, but kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, you kind of got to make some friends or at least <laughs> be able to rely on the kindness of strangers. But you got you got something like that going on. You got to get out of there. And the, we heard stories about that from Tom Dunn of people in Ohio like inviting strangers into their home to let them stay so they didn't have to live in in East Palestine. So it's it's a good way to to be the church there. So. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, should we take a minute and thank some people you think? Or you Indeed. Do, you want to yep. do one more story before that? or That's up to you. We can thank some people. Thank you, Maddie B. Revelations Radio News has decided to be a solely listener-supported production. This means that the listeners contribute to the show both financially and through volunteerism. If you feel you're getting value from the show, please help us by becoming a supporter. We count on you guys to make this work. So, quick turnaround. We actually uh, show six days after the last one, so that's nice. Uh, you can always give to us, uh, donate to the show. You can give to the P.O. Box. You can do Give, Send, Go. You can do PayPal. You can do Bitcoin. 
Uh, and you can also buy me a coffee, which essentially I think is Stripe. So we have Monero, and we also offer all donations over $25. Get a free copy of New World Order in the Eugenics Wars by Andrew Hoffman, shipped in the United States only. If outside the United States, all donations over $40. Get it now while supplies last. <laughs> yes. Because it is going to deteriorate. My wife came to me the other day. She said, I'm getting books. I said, oh, I know this. You've, I've been married to you. I've known you for a long time. You're always getting books. She's like, nope, going to get physical copies of books that I like. So she, she on her many thrifting adventures, is uh, picking up books and DVD movies, hard media movies. So. Yeah, there, there's some interesting stories that No Agenda did on the like Canadian libraries just wiping out pre-2008 books and yep yep i saw that one too i was i was kind of i mean in general the libraries are trending away from books it's like who needs books like we'll give you computers and like you can <laughs> we'll give you digital versions isn't that better yeah you want actual physical books in a library what are you an extremist and i i am definitely of the Easy, easily distracted by the shiny thing, audiobook or electronic on my phone or, you know, Kindle version of books. But my wife is a purist. And at this point, I totally, she is doing it not just to be a purist because, you know, I think you've uh, voiced this concern about your oldest daughter. Same concern I had about my wife. I think your oldest daughter likes to throw, you know, six or eight books into a backpack to go. You know, on a trip, on a on a trip to Walmart. Yes. Uh, my my wife is an older version of your daughter, and one time on a on a trip to Hawaii, her carry on bag weighed like fifty pounds, and I was like, "Hey, I understand that you like books, and you were, were like, you only want to you to use real books and paper media. However, on a quick trip to Hawaii, where we will be charged by how much weight you bring." Maybe just try a couple of the library books checked out on your Kindle. <laughs> and uh, she did that. And just, you know, I was able to at least talk her into it for those trips. But that's about it. So, anyway, uh, good for her. And good for all you guys out there doing the same thing. I know James Evan Pilato is a big uh, proponent of the physical media. He has a printed copy of every story he's covered, supposedly, which is kind of amazing. Um, I don't know how you would organize all that. But uh, he does. And uh, now my wife's going to start buying books and DVDs. We still have a, a Blu-ray player. A lot of people don't even have that. So throw it in the DVD player and, you know, old movies. I think, what did we end up with the other day? Uh, Swiss Family Robinson or something? The one from the 50s and 60s? Just throw it in the old DVD player. It's yeah. good, you know. It's Or I'm, Who is Bill Gates by James Corbin. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was also one Physical of version of, of that if you want to borrow it. So. Okay. Very good. Well, yeah, I think that's another one that, uh, that my wife found at the thrift store. Uh, Who is Bill Gates by James Corbett? Of course not. That's not going to be at the thrift <laughs> store. Come on, Andrew. No, no one would ever donate it to the thrift store once they get their hands on it. See, yeah, they'll be like, I know what that is. That's, that's as good as gold. Yeah. Who needs coffee and cigarettes to trade? I got Corbett documentaries. <laughs> it's a huge stack of Corbett documentaries and DVDs. DVDs and USB drives. I'll raise you three days worth of storable food for <laughs> one USB stick from 
Corbett Report. Oh, by the way, anyone in uh, the state of Oregon or relatively close to, to Hood River, Oregon, if you want some really old boxes of storable food, uh, the price is right. They're free, but my my parents are moving, and uh, a bunch of storable, storable food I bought back in uh, 2009 is still under their house. So, yeah, that's, if you want it, hit me up. The price is good. The food quality, probably not so good at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's storable food, though, so it could be good. I mean, I think it's still, you know, like it... In an emergency, in the S hits the fan type of situation, maybe maybe you start eating that yeah. food. So if you, it, I am I am serious. If someone wants it, they can have it. So there you go. That is awesome. Well, thanks guys for supporting the show. And uh, before we get it uh, go any further, I think we should thank those people. So give Saint Go PayPal uh, PO box donations. You got the spreadsheet there, Mister Andrew. Yep. All right. For Revelations Radio News 333. Oh, 33 plus 3 is the magic number. So let's see how many $333 donors we got. Not any, but there's still time. We'll still accept that donation next show. So Forever? But yeah, what, <laughs> what we do have, uh, first on the list as... If you are a longtime Revelations Radio News listener, you know who's first on the list. It's Danny from Medford, Oregon with a $25 donation. Thank you, Danny. Uh, <laughs> when someone was complaining about waiting a couple extra days for Revelations Radio <laughs> News, he's, he said, I once waited five years for the next episode of Revelations Radio News to come out. So, <laughs> Which is a slight exaggeration, but it wasn't. It was years. So. <laughs> right below that, there was some other who I assumed to be newbie or truth is stranger than fiction person. It was like, there's some dedicated fans of this podcast. <laughs> so ne- next on the, <laughs> so yes, thank you, Danny. Thank Danny, you, much, Danny, much more faithful, but he's also, it's instantaneous when we release a new episode. He doesn't, you know, judge it first and then decide no. whether it's worthy of, of donation. But he does wait to see the next episode. Last he does. Week. He no longer does the uh, just on a time basis recurring donations. So he's I learned his think, lesson there. I don't think he ever did. It was always per episode. It was always per. Episode. It was always per episode. Last week, though, I. I don't know what happened, but I tried to do the podcasting 2.0 stuff with the AI-generated show notes and the chapter breaks and all that stuff, and I don't know if it just got overridden or what happened, but I don't think show art attached correctly, which is unfortunate because uh, Will had created us a cool lo- little little thing. Anyway, I finally, late, like Friday night, and it probably wasn't even late, it was probably early, I was just so tired, I had very little sleep the night before. And I finally get it up, and I'm like telling everybody, like, "Hey, no podcasting 2.0 stuff." And I've mit- somehow mislabeled it episode 327, but here it is. And I'm gonna put it out on the on the feed. And I'm really tired. I'm gonna go to bed. And all I got was like, just I'm about to turn off my phone. Got another notification. I was like, "Oh, Telegram's going off." And then another one. Boom! Donation. 
$25. Uh, Danny. Yeah. I was like, this guy. So, thank you, Danny. Yes. Thank you, Danny. And it, it did show up as three three thirty two in, in your podcast. On my end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. the... I'm still learning. I think that the actual MP3 file. So our good friend there in from a uh, cloudy suburb of Boston sent me a message, and he had the download of the MP3. I think in the metadata of the MP3, it was labeled 327. So oh, okay, okay. All right. Well, ne- next on the list, we have twenty-five dollars via gifts and go from Reno in Texas. Thank you, Reno. And a couple and things on that, Reno. We're not sure what town you're from, so if you want to let us know, we'll put that in there. But for now, you're just from Texas. And uh, other thing, I, th- I think Reno was complaining he had a recurring donation that no longer was was working. So. Check on your gives and goes. So yes, if you haven't heard your name, it likely means we haven't received your donation. So there it is. There it is. We have an anonymous donation via gives and go of six dollars from Parts Unknown. Thank you very much. I just want to say I love the six dollar donation. I love the five dollars, the six dollars. Just like hey, here's a couple bucks. I think you know you guys are worth it. It expands the. Uh, you know, the, the section on the spreadsheet there. We like to see that. And a P.O. Box donation, which, you know, the, the P.O. Box investments, it's paying off. Uh, from Luke in Nevada, Iowa of $5. Thank you very much, Luke. It's a... Well, is it more than a monthly donation? Because if feel like we get it more than once a month but i think it's just when i remember that i that i got that to, oh to check the because yeah, i was thinking it was more beginning of the month type deal but no yeah. to be honest it's just when i remember to enter it in there it, okay I, th- I think it comes pretty regularly me forgetting to add it in there is my fault so thank you luke thank you for your continued uh support and, and his wife uh betsy yes. i believe is her name and uh yeah we appreciate you guys both Yes, thank you to both of you. And I'm sorry. That's it. That's all I got for Revelations Radio News 333. You got any others you're surprising me with? 33 is a magic number. I was going to interrupt you and then crumple some paper, but I I got nothing, man. No. No more here. So thank you guys. Uh, You can contribute to the show via volunteerism. Also, by just sending us a a prayer. Say a prayer for us. Say a prayer for for Andrew and his, uh, his job. And uh, say a prayer for me and my job. Say a prayer for our families. Say a prayer for each other. And uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. So thank you guys so much for being supporters of the show. You are what make this work. And uh, yeah, without uh, without you guys, uh, Andrew, I don't know, man. So w- people always say that, right? Like, do you think this sh- that we would keep doing the show if people didn't listen? <laughs> no we would probably be like well why don't we just actually uh, get together and hang out every once in a while that's probably what would happen man thank you guys our wives would hate that <laughs> Revelations Radio imagine us just bantering back and forth about all this stuff with just our wives well, and kids. 
yeah, I mean, without the podcast, my wife would have to to listen to much more of this than than she currently does. So yeah. now there's a you know, a, I mean, a decent amount, but she can handle it. She listens to Alex Jones. I mean, she's she's probably she's more into the stu- the stuff than I am at this point. So. More hardcore than you are, yeah. You know, I really should have run this by you, but uh, we we do have a sponsor now, Tim. Okay, I'm excited. It's, okay, so the Illuminati card game. Oh, so close. Mm. Um, let's see. Uh, gold, 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 gold bugs are us. Old men, gold with. Tungsten certificates. Uh, let's see here. Amino acid, a new pill that is called Life Blood, but it's not blood related, but it has so much of life in it that it's all power packed and it'll get you through uh, nuclear fallout. <laughs> Act now while supplies last. Buy it for your teeth and your family's hair line. Is that it? And you're so close. I, I am close. It. I don't know how long, much longer I can keep this stick up while you clickety clack on the keyboard. Yeah, so it's, you better uh, come up with something here. Uh, oh, more clickety clacking. Yeah, more clickety clacking because I. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. That's true. Right. I do have no idea what you're talking about, Andrew. I would like to thank our first ever sponsor. Revelations Radio News. And it is on the Prairie Crochet by a from a uh, a beautiful woman in Piedmont, Oklahoma, who I happen to be married to. So you can find on the Prairie Crochet on Etsy. She opened an, an Etsy store, huh? With a a selection of crocheted baby blankets. Uh, would you like a crochet bobble stripe blanket, gray and white? Or, I mean, it looks pretty nice, I gotta say. She did a good job with it. So, yes. Uh, it is uh, on the prairie crochet, kind of all one word. There you go. So if you're into Etsy and crocheted items, check it out. Or if you're just into supporting the show. It would be a way, way to support and it's it's brand new. So even if you clicked like the, I don't know how Etsy works. You click like the follow the shop and click it as an admirer or what have you. All that would help. So, yes. All right. Yeah, let's pump up the algo. Actually, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because it reminds me of something I haven't mentioned in a, like, I don't, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it, but are you listening to this on Spotify? If so, write a review. If you're listening to it on any other podcast app, there may not be a place for reviews. So go to Apple, go to iTunes, review it there. If you have an Apple account, go to Google, go to the, the Google podcast app, rate it there. But wherever you can rate this podcast, I would highly appreciate some ratings. We're not going to shill for five-star reviews, but we would prefer them to other reviews. But 
Uh, I think it helps the algorithm if we get a bunch of uh, good reviews. So, hey, you guys could go out and do that. That would help us tremendously. That might be the secret to us making millions of dollars by podcasting is a bunch of reviews. <laughs> so Yeah. Because uh, I was told by our sponsor that she would need to make some sales before she could uh, make the, the ad buy. So it's a... Uh, well, it's, I have interesting. It's on, on credit, you know. Now that I'm that I'm finding out the way this whole thing works, my price is not low. So we're going <laughs> to need, need a lot of run. money for this sponsorship. So, yeah, I should probably just throw the stores that my wife has resale clothing on. I think I have a link link tree for all of her resale stuff. I should maybe just throw that in the show notes. One of these shows. Yes, people should check, check out that out. Stores. You've always made it available if someone asked about it, but yeah. Right. I never actually attached it to the show. But yeah, my children's mother uh, is really good at selling, is really good at finding uh, treasures that have barely been worn. We have a, a culture of excess. Crazy, crazy culture. And uh, there's a, just too much stuff. And she goes out and finds the good stuff. Uh, online and sells it. Yep. And the nice part is you you're no longer paying a giant corporation and all that. It's a it's all stuff that was kind of going through the actual people economy. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Uh, you know, if you're a Hobby Lobby fan, indirectly you're helping out Hobby Lobby if you buy from my wife's store because that's where all the yarn's coming from. So, <laughs> or the, the crocheting materials. So, there you go. All right. Well, what do you want to do next? I have a Greg Reese clip, and I also have. I mean, while we're defending people that we don't necessarily love a lot, I got a I got a great clip here. Have you heard this, Dave Portnoy? clip oh i i started to watch it about three different times and haven't yet so i'm excited to hear it yeah so the what he's talking to the washington post yeah wapo 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 for those of you who don't know dave portnoy is the uh is the uh guy who barstool sports started barstool sports turned it into a multi-million dollar organization sold it to a a company that decided that they were going to to start uh uh, gambling and somehow or another this dude just tr- did his best uh impression of being able to kind of win at almost everything he uh was able to buy it back for a dollar just not too long ago now he's back he's running everything and he wants us to see that he has a hit piece that's going to be run about him by the washington post and it just shows how bad the current state of uh journalism really is in this country you know what i mean <laughs> how bad is it Let's see. pretty bad this is emily hey emily this is dave portnoy calling uh i'm recording you right now but i've noticed a bunch of people you it seems like you're sending we have this pizza fest happening on saturday and you're reaching out to our advertisers and you're basically sending an email that says to the effect Dave's a misogenic racist. Do you want to defend yourselves advertising at this event, right? 
I'm sorry. What's your name, Dave? I'm sorry. Who are you? I'm the guy you're writing the article about, Dave Portnoy. Oh, you're Dave Portnoy. Oh, hey, how are you? Good. Good. No, I'm not. I'm not I haven't said anything like that. I'm well, I, I can I can read if you want. If you want, I can read what you actually sent. I have it. Yeah, yeah, because I, I sent a bunch of notes, so I want to make sure I know which one. Okay. Uh, we are planning to write about the festival and how and how some of the sponsors and participants have drawn criticism by seemingly to associate themselves with Dave Portnoy, who has a history of misogynic comments and other problematic behavior. I want to make sure that Blank had a chance to respond to this, since the company is the most prominent and their partners of his festival. Oh, that's the one I said to which was definitely the most pointed of them, because I really did want them to respond, and I was hoping to get something from them. Do you think that's fair? Like, I, I totally disagree with the assertions of what you said, that misogenic and all that stuff. So, like, it kind of backs people into a corner. So I'm happy to go over anything. I mean, you have... That is pretty pointed. You said you didn't do it. Then I have the exact evidence of you doing it. So no, I didn't say I didn't do that. I said I did. That was the one that was the most. Pointed. Well, no, you, you that went before I before I provided proof. You said you didn't really remember doing that. And then I read it to you and you're like, oh, yeah, I did it that one time. So you did do it. Um, I'm happy to talk about the comments because to me, it's kind of like torturous interference. Like we're doing an event. Everyone's happy about the event. Uh, you know, I've raised 50 million for small business. I've helped pizza. None of that. It's. Dave's misogenic and problematic, and I'm happy to talk about it because to me, nobody would like if someone's going around sending that email to their sponsors. And again, you're not like questioning. You're, you're, it's almost like a statement of fact. This is what I am. Yeah. So um, I do want to talk to you about this, um, and I just want you to know that the story I'm working on, I'm working on it with a colleague. Um, and I want to kind of leave him on this because we did want to talk to you. And we were when were you When were you going to reach out? We were planning on doing it tomorrow morning, hmm. but um, so you're going to write the article and then give me like I've had that a bunch. People write no, a full no, article and then give me the points no, after. We're doing a bunch of, no, we're doing a bunch of reporting, and we wanted to make sure that when we finally did talk to you, we could really kind of present what you know or. Talk about things more fully based on like what? what like it sounds like you have your opinion made of me based on no, that email. No, no. Uh -oh. So then, how if you don't have your opinion made of me, how do you say in an intro email, Dave Portnoy has a history of misogenic comments and other problematic behavior? That's how you introduce the email. Yeah. So look, I just want you to know that this is. Not, I, I want to talk to you about this, but um, I don't you think you that. should talk to me before sending that email? What I wanted to do is I wanted to talk to you when we had before I had some specific questions for you, and so I wanted to kind of have the full idea of what we. That's were not a full idea. Like you, the, anybody who's rationally reading that email being sent to an advertiser would have to be like, "This is a hit piece, and you have your mind made up. Why else would you no. put no? You but no. you you call me in the intro. I'll say it again." Dave Portman has a history of misogenic comments and other problematic behavior. You didn't say Dave Portman raised fifty million for small business. Dave Portman saved thousands of pizza places. You didn't mention. You said it in a way that is putting sponsors on the defensive. So what I'm worried about when we contact you, I was worried that we would have sort of one shot to talk to you, right? And so what I wanted to do is make everything we were going to that we wanted to talk to you about before I reached out to you that's why that's why I was waiting to call you 
because you wanted to have everything together before you talk to me. I got to be honest, this sense like something who's going to hit me last second, be like comments and all this negative stuff. No, this is like, uh, this is kind of standard journalistic stuff. Like, we Unfortunately, yes. I have been an open book and willing to sit down with anybody at any time. And this all stems, by the way, from a guy who wrote an article that for 13 years, 13 years, has been tweeting negatively about me because he doesn't like me. So half the stuff he talks about didn't even exist. The guy doesn't like me. And now you're going to run with this on the Washington Post. And anybody who's listening to this to think you were going to give me a fair chance when you're leading to our sponsors before you talk to me is crazy. Okay. Um, can we set up a time to talk tomorrow? Would that be okay? Like, I want to talk to you. I really do. I just want to make sure, like, I've got all my questions ready and stuff to talk to you about. Would that be okay? Can we set up a time? I want to see the article before you do it. No, it's not really. We we can't do that. Why can't you do? Why can't you do that? Because all I do when I is I validate all the stuff you're about to make up against me. I have been hit with the same things over and over. And they're all so wildly out of context, it's insane to say at this point in the game, when you've already written to the sponsors, let me say it again. Dave Portnoy has a history of misogenic comments and other problematic behavior. I catch you off guard on a phone call, and now you're like, no, we planned on talking to you tomorrow. Like the Washington Post, which is... Can you is, pause it for a uh, second? Why? Does he mean misogynistic? Yeah, I think he just keeps doing it on purpose. Oh, like she mistyped it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he mistyped it or, or he's misread it and he's just sticking with it or if she mistyped it. But yeah, I think it has to be misogynistic. But anyway, we don't we don't have to keep going totally. But it's just, I don't know. You can clearly hear that she never thought she was going to have to talk to anybody about this. You can clearly hear that, you know, they were just going to run a story that, you know, just trash the guy without even really even talking to him and then try and get his sponsors in trouble. I mean, this is just the state of where we are with things these days. Yeah. I mean, it's... That's that's why we don't do sponsors except for uh, honorable crochet operations. So right. It's... it's uh, and she... Didn't even give me permission to mention this store on the air, so we'll see how big a trouble I'm in. But she she doesn't listen, so it's it's okay. Feels like it feels like it's safe. Yeah, seems safe so far. So she did hear that uh, between a screech clip, though. She's like, "What are you listening to?" <laughs> You're like important stuff. Babe. I'm doing important I'm stuff. doing important show prep for. I am, you were like, I am journalism. I am doing journalism. <laughs> they call this journalism. So, yeah. So actually, we wanted to talk to you, but what we wanted to do was ask you for a comment about five minutes before we yeah. uh, were due for the story. So then we could say, oh, we didn't hear, we asked for comment, but didn't hear back by press time. So that's kind of the way we do things here. No, we don't tell you what we're going to say. So you could say, like, Oh well, that's not true, and here's why. No, that's that's could, not journalism. You can feel the discomfort with being actually confronted with her baloney tactics. Like it's, yep. it's a baloney move to do what she's doing. It, the funny thing is, 
more people by far will hear her talking on that clip than, than ever we'll we're going to read her story. Read any one of her stories ever. That's Maybe true. in in you could probably put all of her stories together and this will probably get more attention than all of them put together. But yeah. it, it's a weird day when if we start the day out and you think to yourself, Hey, today on revelations radio news, we're going to not necessarily defend, but we're going <laughs> to yeah, Dave Portnoy, Port- Tim, Dave Ballard, Portnoy Tim Ballard, Russell and, Brand and Russell Brand. Just, uh, it's a weird, it's a weird moment. So, but Hey, it uh freedom of speech means freedom of speech for everyone and these journalists are kind of insane and they're going after everybody and these uh i don't think they always deserve all that yeah but uh bobby kennedy did a podcast recently with glenn greenwald and matt taibbi and some other journalistic people uh-huh. just on the topic of censorship and it was it was good. It was worth listening to, but you know, just the idea that it used to be a thought of as just automatic, right? Like he's like, look at all these books you're supposed to read in school. <laughs> like in every single one, the government censoring is the bad guy. Like, <laughs> like how did they convince all these journalists that the censors are the good guy and? They talked about how important the euphemisms are, right? Like, they don't think of it as censorship. They think of it as content moderation or, um, you know, controlling disinformation or. But how do they, I mean, what weak individual, I mean, just stinks that people fall for that. It's so lame. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've. I've told the story many times, but uh, the journalism majors that I've come in oh, yeah. contact with, uh, not the brightest. They're not sending their best. Sending their best. I've heard this. I've heard this before from you. It's a trend. Yeah. So philosophy majors, on the other hand, this is salt of the earth. It's top of the line people. Top of the line people who have no interest in making money ever. That's a. a there's probably about four people that are going to get that reference uh, to the little cartoon in the Telegram chat. But to you four people, there it is. There it is. Reno was. Reno posted a cartoon where a a man is in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And another man says, help, I'm having an existential crisis. What is the meaning of life? And he says, well, according to Descartes, you think, therefore you are. And he says, thank you. And he's carried out on people's shoulders for being the hero. And then his cat says to him, you're having the dream about your philosophy major actually coming in and being useful for once, aren't you? <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Alone on his couch with his cat, dreaming of uh, his useful philosophy degree. So. Sorry, I asked. I actually didn't ask, so I can't be sorry. But. You didn't. Yeah, you don't have to be sorry. It's... 
Well, and for we... the record, I was a philosophy minor, not a major. Oh, yeah. <laughs> English major. English major, philosophy minor. So. Very br- that's how you end up being a water salesman. Yeah. Careful, say, kids. Super lucrative, super lucrative uh, English major. Or you, you know, sometimes you can be an English major and end up as a, as James Corbett. So it, yeah. it's, it's not uh, all bad. It's, it's true. But it's true. We, we can't all be yeah. James Corbett. So. Yeah, but for every James Corbett, there's five million not James Corbett's. That's true. Actually, seven billion. Yeah, I just meant English majors. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing it out there. All right, well, you got anything else? I got I'm it. running out of steam. We're we're chugging towards midnight here. It's it's late. Yeah, let's get the show over before it actually is tomorrow. Ah, let's throw this Greg Reese thing in there. Let's, let's spice it up here at the end. Uh, I've had this clip for a couple weeks now, so might as well listen to oh, it. Oh, good. So it's not the remote viewers. Nope. Nope. Good. Yeah. No, I had the same problems with that one as you could as you probably did. <laughs> it's like okay, so. Yeah, the demons are lying to you, buddy. It's uh, <laughs> like, yes, I'm sure you're getting the same information because they're the same demons. But anyway. Oh, I guess we the, Mar- we the Marbies boys now. Let me <laughs> see here. Where do I find my clips? Russell Brand. Portnoy. Oh, there it is. Okay, I know what I did wrong. Go back over here. And yeah, here's a remote viewing clip. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's, on, it's not that far-fetched. It's not spiritual, but it is far-fetched. Dr. Charles Morgan former CIA and consultant for the U.S. military on neurological sciences, spoke to cadets at West Point in 2018 about the current state of technology. He briefed the cadets on experiments from 2013, where humans were given neural implants that allowed them to control prosthetic arms with their thoughts. Experiments where one person can control another person's hands by just wearing an EEG cap. The person on the receiving end described the sensation as rather odd, said I didn't know anything until I saw my hand beginning to move. But the really fun part was that you're taking over somebody else's physical body with the mind of another human. So what do you think would be the next step? Experiments where information is transmitted from one mind to another, and experiments where memories are erased Dr. Morgan admits they have the technology to target an individual person. But you can engineer anything. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world. And are working on the ability to erase the memories of any human they choose. Their biggest challenge five years ago was being able to interface with the hippocampus without the use of physical wires. And this is most likely one of the motivating factors for the deployment of the experimental COVID shots. Using dark field microscopy, 
Dr. Anna Maria Mihalcia has captured in great detail what the scientific literature describes as effective technologies that exist today. Technology such as quantum dots. Quantum dots are nanotechnology with the ability to organize, operate, communicate, and build structures within the blood. They do so with a tunable photoluminescence that can be programmed to dictate various tasks via optical communication. The description and images displayed in the scientific literature compared to what Mihalcia's dark field microscopy has captured are the same. You can see the quantum dots blinking in different colors, acting as the artificial intelligence directing the self-assembly around them. Bubbles are created within the blood that act as construction sites. Within these construction bubbles, the quantum dots organize the various materials into self-assembly. These technologies are being found in both the blood of the vaccinated and in the blood of the unvaccinated. Depending on what materials are needed, the quantum dots will trigger them into self-assembly. The COVID vaccines are full of rare and heavy metals to make all manner of nanotechnology. But it seems as if almost everyone is infected with some sort of nanotech. According to several research teams, everyone's blood seems to contain the materials required to produce the filaments and the latticework for this technology. Blood samples that appear to be healthy have been completely transformed by applying a mere 10 milliamps of electric current for two hours. And it looks as if we may have been infected by the chemtrails. Morgellons disease was first reported in 2002. It's when synthetic fibers or filaments are growing in a person's body. It has been theorized for decades that this was being spread via chemtrails. And under a microscope, it appears to be the same filaments that people today are calling blood clots and what the scientific journals call self-assembled hydrogels. According to Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org, nanoparticles are being sprayed worldwide. The good news is that Dr. Mielcia's research has found a remedy. The iron in the infected blood has been oxidized to a three-plus state, and by taking antioxidants, one is able to dissolve these filament clots. She has found that EDTA chelation therapy will remedy infected blood within three days, and megadosing vitamin C also seems to work. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Had I played that clip? I feel like I did. No, I don't think so. All right. It's kind of second half of show stuff, but... Uh pretty interesting stuff uh, I, I didn't have time to go through the article so I didn't end up throwing it in but I, there's some more research on the whole graphene self-assembling stuff so okay all right man well thank you for uh, taking the time doing a show with me where are you off to tomorrow what can people pray for you for where are you going to be well the the gentleman that canceled the six o'clock I was already I was already out there out in Weatherford Ugh. not too far from here That's and so close. I so I went by there and just left my 
information. Mm-hmm. And he actually called me and is like, hey, I canceled because other water companies said they can't do anything until I have a plumber come out and do stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll come take a look. So going out there tomorrow and a uh, pretty light day. Got to, got the youngest child's birthday tomorrow. So I wanted to, you know, not be in Kansas all day. So. Very good, very good. I'll be, uh, be in Kansas on Friday. So depending on when you're listening to the show, I, I may be in Kansas, but we'll see. Be in Kansas at the moment. All right, well, that's awesome. Uh, I hope that uh, people pray for you out there because you could use it and hopefully uh, pray for me as well. And uh, pray for each other. Join the Telegram if you haven't. It's great fun. You can become a member of the elect. <laughs> and uh, donate to the show uh, as if, if, if you want to support the show. Get a copy of Andrew's book, a physical copy of Andrew's book. You know, before the... Uh, I don't Nazi- even think you can get a digital copy anymore. Yeah. Used to be able to, but... Before the Nazis take over and set fire to these books, we gotta, we gotta collect a bunch of them. So, anyway, hope everybody out there enjoys the show, has a great week, and uh, we'll catch you guys again next week. Yes, thank you for listening, everybody. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say